0: There are words that carry with them a lot of baggage, uh, especially like church words. Uh, and one of those church words that carries with it a lot of baggage is a really tough word to hear sometimes, it's a tough word to think about, tough word to talk about, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, is, the, is the word submit. Because submit is a word that kind of carries with it some negative baggage. right? Submit is a word that, carries with it, uh, can be a lot of negative baggage, actually. And and we have these, these bad images of, like, overbearing, abusive uh, husbands and fathers saying, you're going to submit to me, and I'm going to make you submit. Have you ever heard of anything like that? Have you ever experienced anything like that? That overbearing, abusive husband who says, I'm going to make you submit to me or an abusive father, and says, you're going to submit to me. And sometimes we transfer that on to God, and we think that God is that way. You know, you will submit. But I think that when it comes to submission, it should be a joy in our life. And we're going to talk about that today. I was at a conference this week. Uh, with uh, Andy Stanley, who's from uh, a pastor down in Atlanta. His dad is Dr. Charles Stanley. You know who Dr. Charles Stanley is, but his son Andy leads a huge church, a couple of huge churches down in Atlanta. And uh, at this uh, conference, we were talking about uh, submission a little bit and uh, how we can um, live this out, this idea of submission. And he said, we need to have a submission competition. I think that's an interesting phrase. And I thought, man, how odd is it that I'm talking about submissions this weekend at GSBC and I'm like, I'm going to steal that, and I'm not even going to tell him. But uh, he doesn't know who I am. Probably doesn't care anyway. But uh, we need to have a submission competition, and that's what we're going to talk about today. As we continue on in this new series we started a couple weeks ago called Heart Matters. And if you haven't been here before, we started a series two weeks ago uh, called Heart Matters, and it's all about how we can fulfill the last command that Jesus gave to his disciples. Now, Jesus, on the night before he was crucified, met with his disciples in an upper room to celebrate the Jewish Feast of Passover. Now, the Jewish Feast of Passover is something that the Jews have celebrated for thousands of years, and it commemorates the deliverance of the Jewish people from bondage and slavery in Egypt some thousands and thousands of years ago uh, when Moses led the people out of uh, Egypt. And so they celebrate the Passover to remember how God delivered them. And as good Jews, uh, Jesus and his disciples would go to Jerusalem every year to celebrate the Passover. And this is the last time they were going to celebrate this feast together. So they met together in an upper room to celebrate the Passover, and Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Now that may sound strange, may sound odd. It was the job of the lowest servant in the house to wash the feet of guests. And no one washed the disciples' feet. No one washed Jesus' feet. And so Jesus took it upon himself. He gets up, wraps a towel around himself, takes off his coat, and then he washed his disciples' feet. In an act of humble and sacrificial and servant love, he washes his disciples' feet. He then gets up and begins to teach them the last things that he wants them to know. And In a sermon called The Most Important Thing I preached two weeks ago, we talked about how Jesus gave his disciples' One final command. He boiled down three, three and a half years of teaching to one final command. The Jesus had gone, everywhere Jesus had went, uh, the disciples went with him. Everywhere he had gone, the disciples went with him. And he told them, guys, I'm leaving and you can't come with me. And they're like, what do you mean we can't come with you? We've been with you everywhere you've gone for the last three or three and a half years. And Jesus said, nope, can't come with me. And he told them about how he was going to be crucified. He predicted his own death. And and sure enough, that's what happened the next day. Jesus died for the sins of the world uh, on a Roman cross the next day. But before he did, he gave him this one final command. And that final command was this, love one another. He said, as I have loved you, you are to love one another. Now, this word love, the New Testament was written in ancient Greek. And the ancient Greek word for love in this passage is the word agape and agape means an unconditional, unlimited, unselfish kind of love. That's the kind of love that God wants us, that Jesus wants us to have for one another in the church, is that agape love, and it is a humble love. It is a sacrificial love. It is a servant kind of love, and it's an unconditional love. That's how we should treat each other in the church. And so we talked about that two weeks ago, and then last week we talked about how we need to accept one another. We're talking about some very practical ways that we can put this command, love one another, into practice. And so last week we talked about how we need to accept one another in the church. Now, it doesn't mean that we accept one another's sins. We're to encourage each other, hold each other accountable, help each other grow spiritually so that we look more like Jesus in the way that we love, serve, and forgive other people. But when it comes to accepting one another, we accept each other just as Christ has accepted us. And when you think about how Christ has accepted you, he accepted you not when you cleaned up your act, not when you got your act together. No, he said, come to me in your weaknesses, in your frailty, in your faults, and in your sins, and I will clean up your act. And when you come to Jesus in faith, and when you believe in him and turn away from your sins and repentance, confess your faith and get baptized, God washes away all your sins. And he fills you with his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit begins a process of transformation in your life. And he begins to change you from the inside out. That's called sanctification. That's the fancy, fancy word for, the spiritual word for transformation. But that's all it means is transformation. And so God comes into your life and begins to change you from the inside out. He says, you don't have to come to me after you get it all together. You don't have to come to me when you get your act together. You don't have to come to me when you do away with your sins and do away with your failures and your faults. He says, Come to me. I will forgive you. I will save you. I will fill you. And I will begin to change you. And maybe you've experienced that in your life. Maybe uh, you came to faith in Christ and you've experienced the transformation that Jesus is making in your life. I know I have. I'm not the same guy I was. Uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I'm a different person than I used to be. And 20 years from now, Lord willing, I'll be a different person then than I am right now. And the same can happen for you. And so when it comes to accepting one another, we saw how we need to accept each other just as Christ has accepted us. That means we accept each other in our failures and in our faults and in our weaknesses and in our sins. We accept each other. We don't accept our sins but we accept each other. That's what we're called to do, just as Christ has accepted us. Today, we're going to talk about submission and how we need to submit to one another in the church. And again, this word has some baggage with it, got some negative connotations, some negative baggage, and we think, I don't know, this whole submission idea it creates some bad memories. And we're going to talk about how we need to submit to one another and why we need to submit to one another for the next 20 minutes or so. And so if you brought a Bible, we are in the book of Ephesians and you can turn to Ephesians chapter five. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. It's on page 829 uh, of that Bible. And we'll also put the words on the screen so you can follow along. We're in Ephesians five. uh, And here's the thing. The the main verse we're going to look at is verse 21. But before we look at that verse, I want to look at verse 24 and then we'll backtrack. So Ephesians 5, 24 says this, as the church submits to Christ, now as the church submits to Christ, you see, as the church, the church is not a building, uh, the church is not a service, the church is the people, and that's us. We make up the First Christian Church of Griffith. We make up the Griffith First Christian Church. We are the first Christian church of Griffith. Now, what does that mean for us, that we are to submit to Christ? That means that Jesus is in charge, Jesus is in control, and we follow him, and we submit to him in everything. As a church and as people, we submit to Christ in everything. We'll talk more about that in just a few minutes. But this word submit in the Greek, like I said, the New Testament is written in ancient Greek. The ancient Greek word for submit is hupotasso. And you're thinking, that's right, hupotasso. I remember now. A hupotasso is a great word, and it's a military term, uh, and it means uh, to arrange troop divisions in a military fashion under the command of a leader. In a non-military usage, it means a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. It can also mean sub- subordination, to persons worthy of respect. So those are some definitions of hupatasta And I really like that last one, subordination to persons worthy of respect. Because when you think about it, you know, it can be easy to submit to people who are you respect, to people who are worthy of respect. And that's what we're called to do. It's to submit to one another. And that's what Ephesians 5.21, this is our main verse. Ephesians 5.21 says this, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now see, that verse right there, we tend to skip over. Because we tend to jump right into God's rules for the household and God's rules for the family. And we completely miss verse 21, which is a great introduction to God's rules for the family. So Ephesians 5.21 says, submit to one another. Why? Because we love Jesus. We submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We submit to one another because we want to honor Jesus Christ, our Savior. And when it comes to this idea of submission, we submit to one another because we love Jesus. And, and what that tells me, if, if the definition of submission, the definition of hupotasso, is subordination to persons worthy of respect, if Jesus tells us to submit to one another, it means we are worthy of respect. That means you are worthy of respect. I am worthy of respect, not because I'm a pastor, not because I'm a preacher, not but because Jesus died for me. You are worthy of respect because Jesus died for you. You are worthy of respect because you have incalculable and incredible value and worth. You have incredible value and worth. Like I said, Jesus thinks you're to die for And if the Son of God would lay down his life for you, you are worthy of respect. It doesn't mean that we always do respectful things. It doesn't mean we always live respectable lives. But you are worthy of respect. And so therefore, out of my love for Jesus, and because I want to honor him, I need to submit to you. You need to submit to me. And we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, how does this look in the family? Because that's the, the... practical application that Paul gives to the church at Ephesus. And he says in verses 22 through 24, he addresses wives and says this, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Hold on one second. Time out. This verse, these verses, these three verses, are not written to husbands. Think about that for a second. These three verses are not written to husbands. Who are they written to? Why? And so if you're a husband and you point at your Bible and you say, see right there, honey, it says you need to submit to your husband. Husband, Paul wasn't talking to you. When he wrote those words, he wasn't talking to you. He wasn't talking to me. He was talking to our wives. He says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And Lord is capitalized. Does that make sense? In other words, the Lord Jesus, not the Lord husband. Does that make sense? Submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Husbands, you are not the Savior of your wife, just so you know, Jesus is. Now, as the church submits to Christ, also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. And again, these words are written to wives. And he only uses three verses. In the next passage, he talks to husbands. Husbands, these words are for you and me. And he uses nine verses to communicate to husbands. And I think it, you know, a little thick-headed sometimes we men can be. He uses nine verses to communicate to husbands what their role is in the family. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave gave himself up for her. Hold on. It's important to know something real quick here. Wives, you are to submit to your husbands. Husbands have two commands. It's true. Husbands need to submit to their wives And love them. Wait a minute. Paul never says submit. Yes, he does. Because he says it in verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So husbands and children are called to do two things. Submit and husbands love your wife. Submit to her as your sister in Christ. And love her as your wife. As Christ loved the church. Keep going verse 26 gave himself up to her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her, the church, to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but, uh, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So guys, how you doing? In the old submission and love category. Because he says you are to love your wives as Christ loved the church. And how did Christ love the church? He died for the church. Jesus laid, I, in my community meditation before I said, he, "This is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. He died for the church. So husband, are you willing to die for your wife?" And some of you are like, "Yeah, you better believe it, man. I'll take a bullet for my wife. Okay? Would you give up Sunday afternoon football for your wife? <laughs> oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'd rather take the bullet. But that's what that means, to sacrifice everything for your wife, to love her in a sacrificial way that you would give up anything and everything for her. Husband, submit out of reverence for Christ and love as Christ loved the church. And you're thinking, well, I'm not married, so I'm, I'm good to go. If you're thinking about getting married, If you're engaged to be married, or if you're hoping to someday get married, be that kind of guy. Be that man who loves his wife as Christ loved the church. Lady, if you're not married, look for that man. Look for that guy who is going to love you as Christ loved the church. Don't settle. Look for the guy who will love you as Christ loved the church. Because, guys, I'll tell you this husbands, men, If you will be that guy, if you will be the guy who loves your wife as Christ loved the church, she will say, I will gladly respect and submit to you. Because she'll know that she is safe and secure in you as her husband, and that you are not going to do anything out of for your own interest without considering hers, without considering her needs and her desires. But it's when we get selfish, guys. It's when we get selfish, and we want what we want, that's when we, that's when we mess up. And that's when things go haywire, and that's when things go awry. And when we think that we have some kind of right to hold our wives under our thumb and say, you will submit to me, and I will make you submit to me, you are doing it wrong. You are doing it wrong. That is not what we are called to do. We are not called to make anyone submit to us, but rather to be people to whom it is easy to submit. And then we then so Paul talks about wives. He talks to wives, then he talks to husbands, then he talks to children. Look at this, Ephesians 6: Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now again, children have two commands, Ephesians 5:21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So children, submit to your parents, submit to your Christian parents as well as obey your parents, because it's the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So children are called to submit to and to obey their parents. So children submit and obey, husbands submit and love, wives submit to your husbands. That's the rules for the family, because that's how God has set it up. He's put the, the husband in charge of the family to be the, the head of the household, but his job is to consider his family more important than himself and to put their needs ahead of his own wants. But what does this look like for the rest of us? What does this look like for all of us? Well, first of all, we have to submit to Christ in everything. So what Jesus says in the New Testament, what he says in the Gospels, what, his, uh, what Peter and John and and Matthew, Mark, Luke, James, and Paul say, you know, I believe that the that the New Testament, that the Word of God was inspired by Jesus, was inspired by the Holy Spirit, and so that these are the words of God. And what God says, go. And we submit to Christ in everything. Jesus is in charge. In Matthew chapter 28 verse 18, it says that Jesus came to them and said. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. How much authority has been given to Jesus? All authority has been given to Jesus. That means we submit to him in everything. In Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, Paul wrote, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Jesus is in charge. We submit to God in everything. It's what it says in James 4, 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves to God. That same word, that hupatasso. Submit yourselves to God. So we submit to Christ. We submit to God in absolutely everything. Jesus is in charge. Jesus is the king. We submit to him. So we submit to God. We submit to Jesus in everything. Secondly, submit to your church leaders. And your church leaders here at GFCC are your elders, not the pastor. I'm not in charge. And some of you are like, thank goodness for that. Some of you. Most of you. Anyway, um, but in reality, the, the elders are in charge here at GFCC. And we have great elders. Uh, they are approachable guys. Uh, they are men of character. Uh, no, they're not perfect, but they are, are great men who care about this church, and they love Jesus, and they want to see great things happen here at GFCC. And the great things that have been happening here at GFCC are a direct result of the great leadership that we have. And so we submit to our church leaders. That includes me. I submit to the leadership of the elders. Our staff submits to the leadership of the elders. Our trustees, our deacons, submit to the leadership of the elders. The whole church submits to the leadership of the elders as they submit to Christ. In 1 Peter 5.5, 5, Peter wrote, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves in humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. So we submit to the leaders of our church when it comes to the things going on here at church. And if you ever have a question about what's going on here at GFCC, you know, a couple of things you can do. One, talk to one of our elders. There's Tom Plesha, uh, Donnie Gordon, uh, Tony Martinez and Bob Rooks. And those four men, as our elders, will be glad to let you know what, what's going on. Uh, they're not going to share confidential information, so if you've ever shared something with an elder and said don't share the same, they won't share your confidential information. But if there's something they can tell you, they, they'll, they'll tell you. They'll be upfront and honest with you uh, because that's, that's the way they run things. Or come to an unashamed night. That's when we share a lot of information about what's going on here at GSCC The next one is coming up on Sunday, October 28th, at 5:30. So come to an shame night. Talk to your elders. They're, like I said, they're approachable. They're around here. Uh, you can call the office and get their number, um, and uh, they want to share with you what's what's happening. Uh, and they, they're very transparent. We're very transparent here when it comes to leadership, um, and uh, we want to let you know what's going on. So if you ever have a question, come see me or come see one of the elders. Um, The last thing we need to do is we need to submit to your brothers and sisters. You need to submit to your brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, this uh, comes, I really feel like this comes out of Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, where Paul writes, wrote, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And so when it comes to... um, this idea of submission to one another, uh, we need to look at each other as Christ sees us uh, as being more valuable than ourselves. You need to look at your brothers and sisters as having infinite and incalculable and incredible value and worth. And so when you look at one another as having this kind of value and worth that Jesus died for for your brothers and sisters, it makes it easier to submit to them. And when when we're talking about submission here, it just means showing respect. To your brothers and sisters showing respect to the church family uh, and this happens in our homes It happens here at church and in our homes it happens with when you have a, a wife submitting to her husband like it says in 1 Peter 3 1 and 2 It says wives in the same way submit yourself to your own husband so that if any of them do not believe the word they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives and some of you are a living testimony to that that you started coming to church, ladies, and you uh, wanted your husbands to come to church, and some of you still want your husbands to come to church, and you have been able to win them over, and you're winning them over, keep doing that. Show them the respect that God wants you to show them, and keep praying for your husbands, keep praying for your families, keep praying for your children, that the Lord would break through them uh, to their hearts, and that you would be able to, uh, by showing proper respect, be able to win them over. Uh, as it says there in 1 Peter uh, chapter 3. And so wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, submit to your Christian wives. Uh, Children, submit to your parents. Grandkids, submit to your grandparents. You know, we have got to have a submission competition. We'll talk about that in just one second. But I want to sum it up with this. You do not submit because someone else makes you submit. You submit because you want to honor Jesus has nothing to do with somebody holding you under their thumb. has nothing to do with somebody saying, I'm going to make you submit to me. That's not the right attitude. That's not an an attitude of submission. You do not say, I will make you submit to me. And don't let someone force you to submit. Because that's not respectful. Instead, we submit to one another because we love and honor Jesus. Because we want to love and honor Jesus. So, yeah, we need to have a submission competition. We need to see how we can outdo one another when it comes to submission and respect. How can I respect you better? How can you respect me better? How can you respect the people sitting next to you better? Whether they're in your house, at work, uh, you know, some of you may work together. When it comes to our brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to submit to and respect one another so that God will be praised and Christ will be honored. Because Jesus is honored when we learn to do this, when we have this submission competition, Jesus is honored, God is praised, and that is the goal of our life. So let's do that. Let's see how we can outdo each other when it comes to submission and respect to bring more honor and glory to Jesus.